Why must I keep repeating the same things over and over and over? I feel like every week or every month, I'm saying the same things, but my team is just not changing. How can I get my people on board with what I need them to do? Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. The story is is virtually the same for the vast majority of the leaders in the vast majority of the companies out there. You need your team to change, you need your team to hit a goal, consistently perform at a particular level, follow a process, and you just can't seem to get your team on board. You start out by explaining what you need, and you you might go into great detail about how you came to the conclusion that this needs to happen, and uh, you might go through all the trials and tribulations that led here. You do a really good job of explaining what's going on and why this is important and, and, and what you need them to do. And then you ask if there's any questions. And there rarely are. Almost always, they shake their heads and say no. Once in a while, you might get a, a question, but for the most part, um, they just nod and smile when they're supposed to, and they shake their heads no when you ask if there's any questions. You dismiss the team to go about their business and to do what you just declared needs to be done, and you hope, you pray, and you wish. And then a week or a month later, when the change has not happened, the process is not being followed anymore, where the goal is not being achieved, uh, the consistency is not where you want it, it's as if the conversation you had never took place at all. So now you repeat the process, only this time you add in begging or threatening in the hopes that you're going to get compliance or you're going to get them to perform at the level you need to or to do the thing you need them to do consistently every time, all the time, do it right, all that kind of thing. Why do we keep doing this over and over and over? Do we really think it's going to work? Do we really think that all of a sudden our teams are going to magically change the way they learn and they're just going to start doing things as soon as we ask them to do it? Um, I, I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that part of why this happens is because we focus on communicating, which is really important. We've heard this our entire lives. Communication is really important. And I fully support that idea. However, when it comes to training rolling out new uh, initiatives, new processes, changes we're going to make to to how we do things. I would rather focus on comprehension and agreement than communication. So focusing on communication and focusing on comprehension and agreement are two completely different goals. If I focus on communication, I'm focusing on me getting what I want out there. And the burden is on the listener to figure it out. The burden is on the listener to understand whether or not I filled in all the gaps or not. It's on them to understand whether or not I've, I've spoken in a way that, that resonates with them or, or uh, makes it easy for them to comprehend or not. If I just say, I need, I need to communicate something, I need to get my thoughts out there. And then the burden is on the listener 
to get it done. And this may be the way you think it should be. And I get that. I understand. Like, you know, you're the boss. They're the employees. When you make a demand or a request, it should just be done. And I, I totally wrap my head around that. But my, my goal is success. My goal is sometimes compliance. My goal is most often for the employees to want to do what I need them to do. So I would personally rather focusing, focus on doing what I know will meet those goals than focusing on what will make me right. So in this case, I know it, it, in a perfect world, yeah, if you own the company or you're the boss and you tell the employees you need something to get done, it should just get done. But that's just not reality, I don't think. I think for most people, we have to, or for, for most of us in leadership positions, we have to just accept the fact, whether we like it or not, that people primarily do things because it benefits them or because they want to. They don't generally do things because somebody else told them they should. Now, are there times where that happens? Absolutely. They do it because they want to keep their job. They want to they want to not, you know, ruffle the feathers of the boss or they, you know, they don't want to have to explain why they didn't do it. They have a personal reason that they value to do these things. Not everybody has that that same level of compliance and or desire to just naturally do things because they're told to. Most people are going to do things if it makes sense to them. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure that I've communicated what I need done in a way that they understand, they comprehend it, and they they agree. Like we, we have agreement on what we're trying to accomplish. So how do we do that? My way of doing this is asking a series of questions to find out where the individual or the team is on board with the objective, goal, or initiative, and where they drop off. Because I want to know which I need to know which conversation to have with them. If they're not doing something, there's only a handful of reasons people don't do things, and we're going to get into that much in a few uh, much more detail in, in some later episodes. But there's there's only a handful of reasons people don't do things. I just need to figure out which conversation to have. Where are they on board, and where do I lose them? And this is pretty much step by step. I kind of look at it like a like a subway ride or a, a bus ride. You know, we get on the bus. At, at the first stop, we, we have a goal of getting to the 10th stop. You can't get to the fourth stop if you're not on for the second stop. You can't get to the eighth stop if you're not on for the fifth stop. So these are, these are kind of step by step, but it's important we, got, we cannot move from one step to the next without agreement. And this is where we oftentimes make the mistake is we just jump to the end. I need this to get done, and here's why. Maybe. Sometimes we don't even explain why. I need this to get done. The customer needs it. It's going to save us money. It's going to make us money, whatever these reasons are. And we just need to get it done. And we don't go through the process of, of verifying that they comprehend what we're saying and that they agreed on what we're saying to the level that they will comply or want to do whatever it is we're asking them to do. So it's important to understand that we cannot move on from one step to the next without having verified that we have agreement. Doing so just gets us back to where we must resort to consequences, which is usually begging or threatening, uh, sometimes both, uh, just to get compliance. And I don't, I don't like those methods. I would rather have a commitment and agreement than rely on begging or threatening. Um, it's just, you know, that's how I'm. That's how I'm wired. I would rather it's my life is easier if I can be confident they're going to want to do things rather than having to threaten or beg. That's just me. So here's some examples of the questions I asked. I asked to ascertain where they are in the buy-in stages. So the first one is, 
do they agree that we should make the change or do what we're wanting them to do or do what I'm wanting them to do? Do they agree that the consequences and objectives make sense? So for instance, the goal, what is the goal? Do they understand what, what can they articulate what my vision of the objective is? Can they articulate what my version of success looks like? Can they articulate the goal? Can they, can they articulate why we're wanting to do this and why we wouldn't not want to do this? For, so what are the consequences if we do this? Or what are the consequences if we don't do this? What are the results if we do? do they, can they articulate those two things? So the first thing is, can they articulate what it is we're trying to accomplish? What's the goal? And I can't find that out by telling them. I have to ask them. The only way I can verify that is to see if they can repeat back what the goal is, what the objective is. And then the next thing is, do they understand why this matters? Do they understand why it matters if we do it and what will happen if we don't? Can they, can they explain those two things? Um, that's, so that's, the first, that's the first two things. If they can't do either one of those two things, then we can't go on because nothing else matters. If they don't understand what we're trying to accomplish and why we're trying to accomplish it, nothing else matters. So if, they have, if we have agreement on those two things and they can explain it, and I am reasonably sure that when they say that they agree with this, that this is the right thing to do, they're telling the truth, then we can go on to, do they agree that this is the right approach or this is the right solution? Or do they think that there might be a better solution? Uh, and you may or may not have time or, or the desire, frankly, to ask them if they have a better solution. But we, at least in my opinion, I want to ask, do you guys agree that this is the right solution? If they have a compelling reason why it's not, I would rather know that than to just blow past that and, and not, not know. If they have a better solution in mind, and I don't ask what it is, they're way less likely to do what I want. As, again, that's, that, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to like that or not. It's just the way it is. They're less likely to do what I'm asking them to do if they think there's a better way. So we might as well get that on the table. The next thing is I want to ask them, do, we, do you agree that we can make this change? Do we have the right training? Do we have the right tools? Do we have the processes in place to be successful? If we don't, do we have the ability to put those things in place? So again, these, these are things that um, it doesn't take long to ask this. These are relatively quick questions for the most part. Um, but if they don't believe we have the right training or tools in place, again, I, I need to know that. They are not going to be more likely to do things if they in their gut or in their heart don't believe they have the right training or tools or we don't have the right processes in place to be successful at this. They're going to nod and smile at the meeting and they're not going to do it. That's exactly how it's going to go, right? Um, the next thing is, do they agree on my version of success? Again, so that, do they know the goal and objective? Um, many times this is a challenge because the leader hasn't necessarily or can't identify precisely what they want or what their version of success is. So we say things like, well, they just need to get it right. What does that mean? What does it mean to get it right? What does success look like? What specifically is the goal? What does success look like? What are we trying to accomplish here? Specifically, not get things right, not be excellent, not do well, not do the right thing. Specifically, when we're talking about these things where we have meetings, where we roll out initiatives and, and things like that to the team, what specifically are we trying to accomplish? So if we know what the, our objective is, we know what the goal is, and we explain that, are they saying it back in a way that, that matches? Uh, do they agree with that? Do they agree on our success rate? So 
it's one thing to say we need to we need to be very thorough about collecting, you know, filling out the I'll just pull a random example, filling out a paper, you know, some paperwork after the job's done. We need to collect the customer's email address. Um, we need to collect, you know, verify how they how they found us and so we can document what what is working in our marketing and things like that. So it's one thing to say, here's the goal and objective that we want to complete this form, let's say. It's another thing to say, how often can we do this wrong and still deem ourselves successful at, at doing this in general? And this is one of the things that people don't really spend a lot of time on. They may do a good job of explaining what the objective is on an individual basis, like we need to fill this form out right every time. They don't necessarily do a good job of, of explaining or agreeing upon what is the success rate, Raymond, for? If we if we get it right 80% of the time, is that is that a win? If we get it right 99%, is it, does it take that level of, of consistency to, to be good at this? And depending on what it is, that the answer might be either one of those numbers. But if we don't take the time to ask our team what their answer to that is, we could walk away from a meeting where we expect it to be done right 99% of the time, and they walk away thinking 75% is pretty okay. And these are the kinds of things that we have to get clarity on. We have to have comprehension and agreement if we want to have hope that people are going to do what we need them to do. So um, do they agree on the goal or objective? Do they agree on the success rate or the implementation, or implementation time frame? So we might, again, if we don't uh, identify this specifically, we might, you know, we roll out a new initiative, a new process. We might think they should have it down in a week. And they could walk away going, this is going to take me a month and a half to figure it out. It's unlikely there'd be that big of a gap, but it's important that we take the time to ask, are we on the same page on how fast we should be able to make this change? How fast we should become proficient at whatever this process is. If we don't have agreement on that, and again, the only way to find out is to ask them. We have to know up front, what's our answer to that? How often can we should we be doing this correctly and still deem ourselves successful? My, you know, if my answer is 90%, I would call 90% a win. I have to know that before I ask them and I can ask them, what, what, what's your version of this? How often do you think we should be doing this right to be successful at this? And if their answer is 50%, now I know which conversation to have. If their answer is 95%, I know we're, we're, we're close. We can move on probably. The next thing is, do they agree upon the KPIs, the, you know, the key performance indicators? Do they agree on how we're going to measure success? You know, this is something that we can't assume. Again, we want to know, are we all on the same page on this? Are we all on the same page on how we're going to measure success? Now that we've declared what success looks like, we've declared and agreed upon, you know, how often we should do this correctly to be successful at this. Now, how are we going to measure our, our success? If they don't agree upon that, then we got to stop and we got to figure out how to get agreement on that. Then the last thing is, the fifth step would be, do they agree on the consequences for failure or reward for success? So, you know, and this is, again, just a question. We've agreed upon the goal. We've agreed upon the why. We've agreed upon the success rate, the implementation timeframe, how we're going to measure success. What do you think we should do if we don't hit it? These are the kinds of questions that I would recommend asking to, so that everything's right up front from the get-go. We don't wait until there's a failure we don't wait till there's frustration to uh, to start, you know, figuring out how we're going to handle this. Let's just get all this out up, up, up front. Let's have them be part of the conversation on, you know, do we know what we're trying to do? Do we know why we're trying to do it? Do we know how we're going to measure success? Do we know how often we expect to be successful at this? And do we all know what's going to happen if we fail 
or we just choose not to follow this. If we get out in front of those things, our life is much, much easier. So uh, before I move on, let me tell you about something I'm pretty excited about. Um, I have a new book out. It's on uh, Amazon now or anywhere the finest books in the world are sold. Uh, This book is called Service Industry Success, just like this podcast. It takes a deep dive into leadership ideas, strategies, and tactics that have worked for me over my 25, nearly 25 years of managing employees. This book is primarily for business owners who are afraid to hold their employees accountable out of fear that they will leave and who want to develop strategies and tactics to hold their team accountable with, uh, accountable without feeling like a jerk. Uh, it's also for business owners who want to teach their leadership team how to be effective managers and leaders, but maybe who don't have a step-by-step process available to do so. It's also for managers and leaders who want to develop the knowledge and skills to get their employees to do the right thing because they want to, rather than being motivated by threats or pleading, just like we're talking about today. Um, This book takes a much deeper, almost step-by-step, in in fact, in some ways, it's like scripted out step-by-step conversations to have. Um, But you also learn why we overreact the way we do sometimes as managers and leaders and and how to have these, uh, uh, again, step-by-step or scripted out sometimes uh, conversations and employees to lead them, inspire, and motivate them. I cover all the things I've learned from my great mentors I've had over my career. Um, you know, starting out as a supervisor who was not very good at leading. I'll just be very honest about that. I was not very good at it. Uh, but I've I've progressed. I've learned a lot from some very, very smart, talented people. And uh, I could make a pretty compelling argument that managing people is maybe my greatest professional strength at this point. So, uh, to get your copy from Amazon, you can go to sisthebook.com. That's SIS as in service industry success.com and go there and get your copy today. So thanks for letting me share that. I'm pretty excited about the book. In fact, there, for those of you watching on the video, there's you can see a copy over my shoulder there. So the first step is to, on the topic we're talking about, getting agreement and comprehension ver- versus um, communicating the first step is to commit to identifying where they are in the buy-in process before we start making statements. We need to ask questions to identify where they are before we allow ourselves to start making our case. So if we don't explain, if we don't find out where they are on board and where we've lost them, we're not going to be speaking to the disconnect. We're not going to be speaking to the disagreement or uh, uncertainty. So the story is virtually the same for the vast majority of leaders in the vast majority of companies. You need a team to make a change, hit a goal, perform at a certain level. You start out by explaining what you need, what your expectations are. You lay it all out in the meeting. You roll the program out. You ask if there's any questions, which there almost always are not. You dismiss the team and you hope. And then a week or a month or six months later, um, when the change does not happen, the process is not being followed anymore, the goal is not being achieved, it's as if the conversation never took place, and now you're you're back to square one. You do the whole thing over again. This time you throw in some begging and some threatening in the hopes of getting compliance. Maybe that doesn't work. You do it again. You may have to threaten to fire people. You go home and you complain to your spouse or your your you know your coworkers or your uh, business owner peers about how they, you know can't believe you're facing the same problems over and over and over again. And I really believe this is in large part because we focus on communicating rather than focusing on comprehension and agreement. We focus on communication. We're we're focusing on getting our needs met by getting what we want out there. We focus on comprehension and agreement. We're focusing on making sure their needs of of comprehension are being met. We, We take the time to find out where they get the information and where they've lost it. 
We ask a series of questions to do this. Um, I, you know, I, I've gone through, you can listen to this podcast over and over again. Uh, I basically identify, can they explain what the goal is? Can they explain why it matters? Can they explain on how often we should be successful at this? Can they explain why we need to make the change? Um, you know, can they explain, um, how we're going to measure success? Like which KPIs are we going to use? And can they explain what, what they think the consequences are for failure or, you know, for non-compliance or for a reward for success? I want to hear that too. Um, that's, that's kind of my step-by-step process. It's a, you know, a very kind of high level step-by-step process, but these are the key reasons why people don't do things we need them to. One of them is they cannot understand or they do not understand or cannot articulate what the goal is, how often we should be successful, and why this matters. Those are probably the top three. So if nothing else, just start asking those questions. You know, can you explain what the goal is? Can you explain why it matters? Can you explain how often we should do this correctly and still call ourselves, quote unquote, successful? So that's it for this week. Don't forget to go get your copy of of, uh, the book, Service Industry Success. That's at sisthebook.com. Get your copy of that today. Uh, Other things, um, again, you know, our ratings are really going well. The podcast is growing. I really appreciate that. Uh, For those of you who shared it and who have given us a review and a rating, I really appreciate that. That's how podcasts uh, work. That's how they grow is they get shared, they get reviewed, they get rated. So if you have a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry, like a contractor, auto repair uh, shop owner, home service industry, like, you know, like carpet cleaning, janitorial, uh, business to business stuff like IT service providers, CPAs, attorneys, doctors, anyone whose business is a service, not a product. Um, that's who this podcast is for. So thank you for sharing if you have. And if you haven't, uh, if you could take a moment to do that, that would be fantastic. Other than that, that's it for this week. And I will see you all next week.